And this is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to uphold. And welcome to another brand new episode of the Municipals. I'm Matthew. And I'm Philip. Oh, Philip. Well, now that we're kind of accustomed now to our, I, uh, I don't know, our bi-weekly schedule, as we'll, we'll refer to it, still a lot, a lot to talk about. Um, there are, there's a lot municipally that I wanted to cover. But before we get there, I got to tell you this great story, okay? So I'm excited I mean, for this one. I don't really talk about where I work or whatever, but I happen to take on a part-time job just helping a, a friend of mine out at night. Uh, it's, a, it's a restaurant called Eli's Table. It's in Vaughn. Uh, Jane and Rutherford, if you anyone's in that area, likes that food, go in. I promise you, I'm not vouching for them because I work there. I actually think the food is good. Anyway, so I was there, and I'm serving a customer, and he looks at me. He's looking at me, and goes, excuse me, is your name Matthew? And I said, well, yeah, it, yeah. And he's like... Are you are you Matthew King of the Municipals? And I'm like, yes. He's like, oh my god, I can't believe it. I, I'm not making this up. I straight up love this story. If if I was making this up, I I'd have thought of something better. <laughs> um, but he's like, he's like, uh, you know, when you're done serving the ser- serving making the food, can we get a picture? Can we get a picture? I was like, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if he wants me to use his. I'm not going to, we'll just call him, we'll call him by his first name. We'll call him, his name's Daniel. Uh, thank you, Daniel, for, for coming by. Um, thank you to, to any of our fans that want to reach out and uh, and connect. Uh, you know, he and I, uh, he was there with a friend and, and we, we talked about, you know, what we've done on past episodes, you and I. We've talked about uh, what's going on currently. Um, we're both bummed that you did make the ultimate choice not to run in the in the Ward Twenty by election because we think that you would have done really really well. Um, yeah, we just uh, we just talked about all all sorts of things. Uh, so I mean, I I had a fun time, and uh, you know, it's it's never happened to me before being recognized like that. So I I appreciate that. And even if and I that's... was recognized before the the whoever the person was kept them to themselves but you know I, i'm 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 very i'm i'm very humbled i'm honored to um i i get i don't know i fucking love that story it's so good <laughs> i'm excited listen everyone give me give me some time to somehow get super jacked so that i meet the imagination that you have for me because naturally of course everyone assumes that i'm like 36 pack ab uh, super jacked so uh give me a few months to uh to really meet that image in your imagination 
but you know, after that point, please seek me out in the weirdest of terms. Well, you know, it's funny you should mention that because here we are as we record on Sunday. I am going to be undertaking a pseudo diet of sorts starting tomorrow. That's why I'm getting trying to get I'm trying to eat all my shit, get all my shit in today. Uh, because as of tomorrow, uh, there's no pop Ooh. and no junk food. And junk food is defined by no candy, no chocolate, no chips, no baked goods, no takeout. You know, I really, I've really got to follow your lead on that. But at the moment, all I can do is salute you and say, "Good luck to my good friend." It's good. Sir, you, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure knowing you. This, <laughs> this next two weeks is going to be hell, but uh, you know what? I feel like it's what I have to do. So, and then after that, uh, I'm going to take on a meal plan to trim down my diet. So for now. As long as it's food, like lunch, I can, I'll can. i eat as much as I want or as little as I want. I'm not going to worry about that part of it. I'm just cutting out all the, the, crap, the crap, and then I'm going to fine-tune the meals once I'm used to ha- not having all the crap. So we'll see how that goes, and I'll, and I'll update you guys. And anyone else that wants to send in a story or something that worked for them, we're, we're open to listening. Uh, you can hit us up at uh, municipalspod at yahoo.com. All right. So, man, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> However, I wanted to hit the... There's a uh, something provincially that I wanted to hit, but I so can't... So, if, if we're going to jump provincially, I'll give you a chance to, you know... Oh, maybe oh, find a... I've got it. I've got it. All right. So there is uh, a headline by Colin DeMello. Um, it was October 25th, and it says Ford government to count long-term beds toward <laughs> housing construction goal. And I I saved a tweet by Matt Elliott of the City Hall Watcher, and, and he says... Outhouses, tree houses, large board, uh, cardboard boxes, those little green plastic houses you used to play on, uh, uh, used to play in Monopoly. Um, obviously, I think it's ridiculous that we're counting long-term beds towards a housing construction goal. That's just to beef up your numbers. And it seems like ever since he was forced to stop expansion using the green belt, that Ford's kind of been on a uh, is a downward slope. Is is that the right way? I think uh, I think that's a a good way of putting it. It's a downward slope, but also very specifically on the the housing file, which was the green belt was supposedly about. Um, it really does seem like he's he's trying to score a win in any way he can define a win as. So like, it's just he's 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 defining the parameters for what is a political win, and everyone else is just kind of like, no man, that's not how this works. Well, when you when you have the majority to change the rules to fit the your narrative, but so, anyway, on Twitter, um, the MPP for Willowdale, Stan Cho, he he tweeted out, you know, a a kind of combination of the NDP for saying that 
long long term care beds don't count as homes. And it's like, you know, and that's it's really what you just said. Majority government territory, they can just say whatever the fuck they want. Like they're still in year two of their four year. Unfortunately, I can say the term mandate four year mandate. Uh, and they're in the stage of they're still in the fuck around stage. They've not hit find out yet. And I say that despite this, you know, RCMP investigation into the Greenbelt scandal. But like they're still acting so pompous. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. You know, I used to be able to count on on the Fords, both of them specifically, for one thing. And that was disliking Justin Trudeau. And now they're like best friends. <laughs> but uh, where it's taken Trudeau eight years to alienate everybody. And and I and I, I believe uh, the McGinty win government was in there for was it 13. It was more. They were there a long, a, they long, were there a time. long time. I think Doug Ford might be setting a. a well, no, it'll be eight years, so it won't be a record. Hey, listen, for me, but... it was year one. It was <laughs> it was rent control gone. We're not raising the minimum wage. We're cutting sick days. And we're interfering. Uh, we're going to fuck up the autism file. That's That was year one Hold on. of the you're Ford forgetting, government. You're forgetting they interfered with the 2018 municipal election. Oh, my. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the first year of the Ford government, the fact, honestly, Here's the thing, and this is how you can sort of determine how seriously you want to take me as a political commentator. I honestly thought that it would be a blowout election. Either the Liberal Party or the NDP uh, provincially would win solely based on how horrendously the provincial conservatives did. And apparently that's not true. You need to have more of a platform than simply the government in charge is fucking up. I mean, and I guess that's true because that hasn't worked federally for the conservatives against the federal liberals yet. I, again, the next election, I'm pretty sure it will work, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I know exactly what you mean. And let's not forget. I think I, I you know, I lost my thought there. I apologize. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I just... <laughs> It, it 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 bothers me that I mean I think we touched on this last week. Every election where there's we know there's going to be a change. It's more of a you know voting them out as you said and we've both said politicians they don't get uh, um, they don't get voted in they get voted out. I really wish our politicians were. The... <sighs> Okay, I'm gonna be. I want to be very careful with my wording here because I I realized what I was about to say, almost sounded like a call for violence. Under everyone understand, I'm not calling for that. I'm calling for it electorally. I wish our government, all over, you know, really every level, felt more uncomfortable, felt more afraid for their jobs. That's better. Instead of me just saying, I wanted to say, our our government officials should feel more uncomfortable, but. Uh, I didn't want to give off the impression that I meant like for their lives. I, I mean, like for their jobs. Let's, you know, understand a, a line here. Well, I mean, let's touch on that briefly. The la As last we spoke, uh, you and I had to add an addendum to the last episode, which as of recording time is not out yet. But by the time this will be out, that will be out. So um, 
But where was I going? So many distractions around me right now. Um, so the NDP stance um, towards what's going on in Israel is now the same as uh, MPP Sarah Jama, except she's still on the outside looking in. Um, and that doesn't seem to that doesn't seem that that's not going to change. They're not. She's so, not going to be invited back in. So my I'm glad qu- that you've brought that up. And I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's all good. Um, I mentioned on our addendum, I believe, that I had sent an email both to the leader of uh, the official opposition, which is uh, Merritt Styles, as well as my NDP MPP, Dolly Begum. And I, first of all, I got a message saying, hey, you know, I would like to schedule a call between you and Dolly to, you know, sort of explain the position. And here's, you know, initially I... I you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quite in, I'll, I'll get to explaining. I'm not quite in strong journalist asking hard questions mode yet. We're almost a year into this podcast. We might be past a year in this podcast. Matthew, are you past a year in this podcast? Not quite. Okay. We're, we're almost at our one year anniversary. We should, uh, we should really pay attention to when that is because <laughs> we're, we're approaching that. Yes. Um, And like, I didn't expect much from this call from from Dolly, except that in my head, I thought this is great constituency outreach. You know what I mean? Um, I've since since running last year, I've been sending quite a lot of emails, a lot of very strongly worded emails to, um, well, a lot of them to John Tory. Let's uh, to be honest. <laughs> oh, man, that dude, he. To be honest, in the same way that Brad Bradford knows who I am and in that way knows to avoid me, I actually think John Tory probably also knows who I am and probably also wants to avoid me entirely. And I'm okay with that, you know, just to be clear. So to get a response that was like, I want to set up a call to have a conversation with you about this. I was like, that's, you know what? That's more than I could have expected as a response. So the first date that, she had said it was Friday at like one o'clock missed the call entirely. Like she did not call and I was ready to, you know, blast her tear apart. You know, you like, this is garbage. You know, don't make these milk toast promises if you can't even anyways, but I got an, I got an email apology that was like, you know, listen, something came up emergency, blah, blah, blah. Let's set a second date. And so this is my long-winded way of saying that uh, Dolly did call me on that second uh, second date. You know, we had a good conversation about um, about the the um, the Israel Palestine conflict. Uh, you know, as you pointed out, it is the same position that Sarah Jama had really initially. Um, I did ask. I did really. I asked, and the truth is. I don't know if I, I made this my position uh, during the addendum where I don't think Sarah Jama would return to the NDP caucus. I feel like it's this is too big of a humiliation. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I, I did ask if there was sort of a conversation about that, you know, looking into her coming back into the party. Um, and as a masterful politician does, she did avoid answering the question. So um, I did not get any sort of resolution there. But I, I do, I mean, I say they're on the right side. What I mean is 
from my perspective, they're saying the right things about, you know, like, you know, a ceasefire. That makes sense to me. Um, and they're on Team Ceasefire now. You know, again, two weeks later than Sarah Jama. That's, I guess, embarrassing for you guys now that she's not part of the NDP caucus. But so, again, I didn't get good answers to the questions I wanted from Dolly, but I still 100% appreciated the the outreach. And, you know, even just to have that conversation, you know, it is it's the conflict is very difficult to talk about, uh, as I'm sure you're aware um people have very strong opinions on it and like ultimately i think most people just want want the fastest option to the least amount of death you know what i mean i think that's most i think that has to be most rational people's position well i mean let's talk about rationalization for a minute i mean oh. can you can you explain? Because I don't understand. Oh. Can you can you explain why it was necessary for them to, uh, I guess, demonstrate in front of or picket in front of a place called Aroma Bar Espresso uh, and write things on their windows and uh, basically calling for a boycott. Um, I believe Aroma is owned by uh, either Jewish people or Jewish people of Jewish descent. I don't understand what that has to do with what's going on in Israel. It's like it's not like Aroma Bar Express or whatever their name is. Is it's, that um, is funding it? It's not. Is that uh, I know there was a restaurant that a I feel cha- like Kevin, yeah, Kevin Vuong and like Brian Lilly and uh, Warren Kinsella, like they were all sort of rallying around this place. Is that what yeah. is that the restaurant? Yeah, um, I think I it's think a chain. Is... So I think there's more there's it's a chain. So I think there's more than one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. Um, I guess it, it sort of comes down to the question of. I want to say effective pro protesting in in this case i would suggest that it wasn't effective protesting um it's i think the hard thing is and i i i feel like we probably brought it up two weeks ago is you know every every criticism of of what is happening from i want to say from israel's side against the palestinians in gaza um you know, not all criticism of the Israel government is anti-Semitic. So I say that, but that does not mean that there has absolutely not been anything anti-Semitic going on, uh, like, like right in all this over whole the thing. world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I think that's the thing that gets lost when you get people so upset about people who are supporting. I want to say, uh, Palestinians' right to not die. Um, is that it, it makes it sound like I think the hard thing about this conversation is I feel like any you'll be accused of favoring lives on one side or the other. And it's it's insane. I, I think it's just it's crazy. There is 100 percent anti-Semitism is happening and it's disgusting. At the same time, Islamophobia is also very strongly happening. And I just I think it should all be denounced. Uh, I, I want to pose one more thing at you. 
I was having a conversation with a friend of mine earlier this week, trying to draw whether you can establish parallels between the 9-11 attack and what's happening in Israel. And by that, I mean what's going on in Israel with Hamas hiding with the Palestinian civilians or hiding in between, or that's what we're being told. I said to my friend, I said, well, that didn't happen in, in the U S or sorry, that didn't happen when nine 11 happened. When we attacked uh, Afghanistan, I said, they didn't hide. And then he, his argument was yes. Yes, they did. Thousands and thousands of people died over there because the U S was out for blood because of 9-11 and I'd love to get I'd love to get your opinion on uh, 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 comparing the two I guess uh, you know not it's not the history that's analogous but it's the the response that is so it's I I, I agree with you entirely it was the the sentiment for bloodlust immediately now how many people now, regret and talk about how that war was a mistake like that's pretty universally i think we all agree that that war was a mistake and i just i want i think people should sort of be in the moment reflecting on that well i i i I gotta stop you there i don't really i don't really apologize for what happened to saddam hussein or osama bin laden and i'll say no like i'll say that publicly no that's that no 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 I'm not I'm not suggesting that. Oh, okay. I just mean like I just mean immediately in the aftermath of 9/11 there was an insane amount of bloodlust. I agree. And um like yeah if if the Israeli government was very precisely like going again I this could be extremely naive. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a tactical warfare genius. I'm not even a political genius, you know. <laughs> um but it's like, you know, if they if the Israeli if the IDF could very precisely go and like wipe out Hamas I, or I don't know. You know what? I, I don't maybe I don't want to I w- I just as I said in our previous episode, I I it's too simplistic, but I just wish that we didn't have to do any war. Nobody no war, and we would all just get along. Obviously, that's not going to happen because that's that's the simplicity of it. Yeah. And uh, as a human race, we're a bunch of hard-headed fucks. <laughs> uh, you know, it's. Uh, I'm glad that the story has been relevant long enough for us to be able to talk about it two episodes in our new bi- bi-weekly format because, my God, is it an uncomfortable topic. I mean, because sure. it's 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 serious, you know. It's a big deal. Very, and and everyone's getting reamed. Uh, Piers Morgan's getting it the worst because, it, depending on his stance, he's either going to be classed as a as a, a, a Hamas. Uh, what do they call him? A, a sympathizer or sympathizer, <laughs> or or your 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 anti-Semitic or your whatever. Fill in the blank. Um, it's really hard because people just don't want to hear it, but we got to talk about it. We got to, we got to cover it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, you know, to kind of make this 
to jump into the federal government. What I find so interesting, and it's not just in Canada, it's also, for example, uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is a big one. Um, but there was a clip that came out with uh, Justin Trudeau essentially talking about the need for and, you know, maybe we could have a conversation about the different phrasing between a humanitarian pause and a ceasefire. Um, but, you know, Justin Trudeau is sort of speaking on this pause to get like aid into Gaza and all this stuff. And it's like he's almost saying the word ceasefire every time he om- it's like he'll start to say cease and then he like has to backtrack and like say something else. And it's in Why? In- it's in Justin Trudeau's classic bubbling. Uh, he's, uh, uh, you know, Justin Trudeau is very funny when he, he sometimes he really nails it when he talks. Sorry, actually, I, I want to, so, I want to talk about another thing with Justin Trudeau. But in this case, why do you think? Why do you think he's avoiding the word ceasefire like it's the N word or something? I don't know. I think that's my big thing. I would really like because I guess because politically it's not. Uh, a good thing to say, but I don't understand why. Is that not like the path towards uh, nonviolence? Like, um, and I, I have seen, well, for example, Hillary Clinton. Uh, a, first of all, everyone, didn't we all agree that Hillary Clinton was a war hawk and that we shouldn't uh, listen to the things that she has to say? So I've I've seen a clip with Hillary Clinton saying something along the lines of, oh, you know, uh, Hamas is desperate for a ceasefire so they can uh, rebuild their, you know, tactics and fighters and whatever. And it just feels like it, it feels like bullshit. If nothing's coming to the country right now for anyone, how is Hamas supposed to get anything? I don't know. It just it all seems rather silly and like fear mongery. And also, again, when did we decide that we wanted to listen to Hillary Clinton? Uh- <laughs> I don't think that's ever been a good idea. You know, so it's just, it's interesting who we'll listen to based on where they land on our politics. Um, But that's sort of my thing, again, with Justin Trudeau and with even further left politician, you know, Bernie Sanders uh, in the States. It's like, what is so poisonous about calling for a ceasefire? I, I truly, I honestly don't understand. I guess maybe, but, I don't know if maybe it might be worth it to ask that question to someone who is definitely smarter than us and uh, maybe more in tune. Maybe, uh, I mean, is that, is that an, did you ask that of Dolly Begum? Going well, back there for uh, a minute? No, well, because the, the NDP, the federal NDP, and I believe the provincial NDP now following suit, uh, they are officially calling for a ceasefire now. Ah. So they're not afraid of the term. So, I mean, so that does make it especially weird that Bernie Sanders uh, won't call for a ceasefire. Um, but I, again, as I said, I don't understand why Justin Trudeau won't. Like, does that not feel like a very Canadian response a desire for a ceasefire? I've always thought that if we are going to be forced into a war as a country, that the U.S. would have to drag Canada into the war, kicking and screaming. (laughs) And then Justin's like, no, no. 
Yeah, he's being very tepid and just very. I feel like this is. I do feel like this is kind of like the the weakest Canada has looked on foreign policy. Not that again, I acknowledge that Canada is not in the grand scheme of things a huge country geopolitically in power and stuff. But like, I feel like I don't know somewhere along the way Justin Trudeau's dropping the ball. But I, while I'm talking about Trudeau talking about stuff, and I don't know if uh, this will spring into a conversation that you would want to talk about because I, I feel like you might. So uh, I should have looked into him before before I wanted to say this, but Senator Percy Down, I don't know if you're aware, apparently he was a former liberal uh, senator, uh, is calling on Justin Trudeau to step down as prime minister. So, uh, so some journalists, some reporters asked him about the question and uh, Justin shows like, uh, like he, it's like he doesn't hear them at first. He's like, who are you talking about? They're like, uh, you know, Senator Down. And he's like, who, who? And they're like, uh, Percy. He's like, oh, Percy. Oh, how's he doing? And the reporter's like, he wants you to quit. And Justin Trudeau's like, oh, isn't that what that is? You know, <laughs> it was so funny. Like, here's the thing. Um, Justin Trudeau has a lot of very dopey moments. Um, I want... I truly do want people to give Justin Trudeau his kudos when he is funny because he has moments where he is genuinely funny. Admittedly, one of my favorite Justin Trudeau clips is when he falls down the staircase. So, you know, it's not it's not always intellectual funny, but Justin Trudeau has funny moments. Is he? <laughs> is he? Listen, yeah, no, you know what? Listen, we can argue about this. I'm not... <laughs> I, I don't feel the need to defend it that strongly, but like that moment was so funny. Especially the reporter who just so casually was like, he wants you to quit. He's like, oh, you know, like it just, it killed me. It's so funny. Uh, we have about uh, eight minutes. I did want to send a quick congratulations to the Texas Rangers for winning the World Series, who are co owned by former. U.S. President George W. Bush. Seriously? Yes. Oh, well, how do y'all... Sorry, I, I just wanted to jump straight into the, the stereotype offensively, but I think I specifically wanted to do a George W. Bush drawl, and then as I started, I forgot how he talks. Um, it's been so long. He's been nice and, <laughs> and quiet. All this is going on. I don't... I don't remember ever hearing a public statement from him at all being a, a Republican. Everything that's gone on in the in the, you know, in the in the time that uh, Trump was in office, he's nice and quiet. Uh, There's been a couple I, of instances. OK. Uh, and he's also I'm, got that uh, a lot of people consider a very cute sort of uh, friendship. Uh, I want to call it a bromance, but it's more like a friendship with uh him and Michelle Obama were at the state funerals. They pass each other candies and it's supposed to be super cute. And we're not supposed to remember all the terrible things George W. Bush did or all the terrible things Obama did, frankly. But, you know, <laughs> U.S. politics is one is something that it fascinates me. Um... I would say it opened the door for me to be interested in our own country's politics. Yes. Because you always, you always, um, every time there's something political in a movie, it's always American politics. Uh, 
Um, I mean, and we cover American politics too, which is, I think that's sort of a detriment to ourselves. What do you mean? Well, you think we're, because, we're, we're it's our handicap? We're, uh, yeah. Well, because I, I do feel like American politics, especially right now, but in general, well, okay. I was going to say American politics is more bombastic than ours. I meant bombastic. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, where especially right now it's very over the top and theatric and you've got characters like Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh I'm Matt Gates and you know assholes like that and it's the fact that I'm sitting here in Toronto Ontario completely separate country and I'm telling you the names of members of the house in the United States you know that's why why should I know any of that but it's because they're funny and interesting and also more importantly than them being funny and interesting their politics is consequential. So when they do huge, stupid bullshit and their culture also seeps into Canadian culture. I mean, and I think a big part of that is our reporting and focus on American politics. So, I mean, it's, I think if you are going to get into politics and pay attention to politics, like I think American politics is a great, you know, stepping stone to paying attention to your own country politics because it's very, it's loud and the lines are sharply drawn. So it's it's almost like politics for beginners. <laughs> and then, I get it. And it's so interesting because I, I don't even know what really made, caught me for Canadian politics now. Because, you know, you say the names like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates, and it's like, I know those assholes. And now, of course, now we know people like, uh, Christine Elliott and Doug Ford and Stephen Lecce and and our own Canadian brand assholes. <laughs> God, I love you know I love politics. <laughs> and uh, you know that's going to do it for our provincial and federal portion. When we uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we are going to be talking municipals. Hell yeah! It's the name of the show, baby. So we'll see you guys on the other side. And we're back, and now we can talk about all things municipals. Um, <clears throat> I actually have something I'd like to start with. So there was a last week or whenever there was a hastily called TTC board meeting. Let's start Ooh, there. I did. Thank you. I did forget about this. <clears throat> okay, so I, your favorite. Um, Toronto City writer of all or Toronto Star uh, Toronto Sun. I'll get it right one day. Toronto <laughs> Sun writer of all time Brian Lilly wrote this article. Oh, my favorite. Okay, so here it is. On Friday afternoon, a hastily called meeting of the TTC board heard arguments to fire CEO Rick Leary. It was an attempted power move by Mayor Olivia Chow, and it failed miserably. According to multiple sources, it was just two councillors on the board, Chair Jamal Myers and Josh Matlow, who voted to remove Leary from his job. Let's stop there before I continue. And <clears throat> without revealing anything else, because I'm going to go through it in, in, in the article, just by that, what's what's uh, what are you thinking? Um, here's the thing that. I think maybe I don't know what the wider sentiment is among Torontonians and 
how they feel about TGC CEO Rick Leary. But I believe you and I are on the same page of they should have fired this guy a long time ago. Like, yeah, like immediately. So here's the thing. Is that is there a more nuanced opinion kind of 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 the situation? Or do you think Brian Lilly is writing this purely in opposition to the mayor? I'm not sure. But for me, what I'd like to know is who's on the TTC board other than as she put it, uh, or as uh, Brian Lilly put it, uh, Jamal Myers and Josh and Matlow. Josh Matlow. Who, yeah. who, who else is on the board that obviously voted against firing Rick Leary? I'm curious. Well, let's find out. Read, read me some names. Oh, okay. So I was going to give you the list, but you know, I don't know if you've noticed this is a side side topic. Have you noticed that uh that that oh you know I was gonna tell you uh have you noticed that Google has gotten less reliable when you uh you know try to Google information? Uh because I had Google TTC board members and I got a list and then I see the link, it's for February 10th, 2022. Like it still includes Cynthia Lai, you know, like it's wow. it's it's out of date. And then I realized, oh, this is Microsoft Bing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's see if uh, True Blue Google has got me. TTC board members. Oh, I actually think this is current. Oh, my God. Google, you're nailing it. Okay. Um, So the board members are the chair is Councillor Jamal Myers. We've also got Councillor Paul Ainsley. Our boy Ainsley voted against removing Leary. Joanne De Laurentis, that's citizen uh, board member, Councillor Stephen Holiday. So I mean, no surprise that, there. I mean, it's again based on our vision that it seemed like a more universal thing that people were just like waiting for a chance to get rid of this guy. No, it's it's almost not expected that they're well. I mean, clearly only two of them voted to remove him. So I don't know if we're just not with it. Um, Fenton Jagdeo, that's a citizen. Ron Lalonde, that's another citizen. Councillor Josh Matlow. Councillor Chris Moyes. Julie Osborne, another citizen. Councillor Diane Sachs. So you're telling me of those board members, only Jamal Myers and Josh Matlow voted to remove the CEO, Rick Leary? Yeah. That sucks. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll go on with the article. You stop me if you, you want to say something. After sitting quietly and patiently for the past few months, this move to oust Leary was an attempt by Chow and her team to flex their muscle using the new board chair. Lobbyists turned Chow advisors and to offer payback to the unions who backed uh, Chow's bid for mayor. I feel like that's very cynical and not quite what the situation is. Because, again, was there not public sentiment that the TTC was going off the rails and that, you know, it something needed to be done? At the end of this article, I'll give you my opinion. Okay. All right. Um, so to continue, the Amalgamated Transit Union and CUPE, uh, both w- uh, which both endorsed Chow and are both about to start a contract negotiations with the city, have made it clear they want Leary gone and a friendlier face for the unions put in charge. 
Uh, I mean, again, I really do just feel like that's... Uh, okay, I was about to say, this sounds like it's uh, Lily's bias kind of like coming out in full force against unions. But it occurred to me that my support for any position that was pro-union is because I approve of unions. So, I mean, I guess I'm I'm kind of giving Brian Lilly credit by saying that we're on opposite positions because our ideology is opposite. So, you know, it's not, I can't argue it in good faith. I, I do feel like, I feel like Brian Lilly is pushing this ideologically instead of in like, a neutral position, but I, again, I would do the same in reverse. I mean, I think we can agree he's conservative, right? Yeah, yeah. Excuse and me. as a as an aside, um, I feel like it would have, and I feel like it's not entirely connected to what we're talking about. It it would be very cool for us to uh, to reach out to see if we can get Cam on Cam Guthrie on because I feel like there's this weird, um this weird battle between Doug Ford and Guelph city council. Uh, and I don't know why that is. It just seemed like because everyone was beating against Doug Ford for his housing, I felt like he needed to point to a municipality who he just kind of wanted to bully and be like, Hey, you know, who's sucking it at this Guelph and Cam Guthrie's just sort of like, what the hell, man, I've been nothing but supportive to you. <laughs> Like so, I'd I'd be very interested to talk to uh Mayor Guthrie about about the situation. But sorry, I, I realize that's aside from. We'll where see if we're we can at. get. We'll see if you, we can get him on the show. Uh, but back to the article. Uh, that friendly face, perhaps just in the short term, would be Mister Adam Giabroni, the former Ooh. city councilor and TTC chair, posted to X, formerly Twitter that he was headed back to Canada and listening to the song Coming Home and that the lyrics seemed very appropriate. Uh, I'm not going to say what the lyrics said, but it's in the article. I'll just skip to the next uh, paragraph. Giambroni, long affiliated with the NDP, served on city council from 2003 to 2010 and as TTC chair from 2007 to 2010. He was slated to run for mayor in 2010, but had to depart due to a scandal involving having sex in his city hall office with a woman (laughs) who was not his live-in partner, now his wife. I don't know if that means that he married the woman that he had the affair with or he married his partner that he cheated on. I'm not really sure what that means in that article. Either way, this is interesting. This is just John Tory before John Tory, before he got the chance to be John Tory. This is John Tory light? Yeah. It's it's beta John Tory. <laughs> it's very interesting you would put it that way. Well, okay, you know what? I I <laughs> you know, I meant it. I I realize that it, it sounds like I'm doing it, you know, the the you know alpha male versus beta male, <laughs> but I meant like you know in a developer sense, a program in beta is not the final release. <laughs> but whatever, you know what? I think it works. It maybe it works both ways. Maybe I, I don't know Jabroni. Maybe he is like a maybe he's a beta Jantari. I don't know. <laughs> not you know. But that would imply that John. Oh my Tory, God! That would you... imply that John Tory is the Alpha John Tory, which is so funny. You just called him Jabroni. Is that not his name? It's Gia Giabroni, but you <laughs> called him a Jabroni. 
<laughs> I I certainly did. Um, That's funny. I would apologize if I didn't think it was so funny. Anyway, let's continue. Since then, he has consulted across the country uh, and in international cities on transit projects and made no secret that he wants to come back to Toronto to work in transit. He's met with several past TTC chairs and has met several times with Jamal Myers, the city councillor for Scarborough North and current TTC chair. Uh, Myers was formally linked to the lobby group TTC Riders, which is funded by the transit unions who want Leary gone. The group endorsed Myers for his run for council, and some of the activists from the group now work in his office. It was Myers who called the hastily arranged meeting about Leary for 1.30 Friday afternoon, even though it was known that two citizen members of the board, members chosen to give public oversight, could not attend. The notice for the meeting said the board would, quote, receive advice from external counsel on a confidential matter that is subject to solicitor-client privilege. Rumors swirled all day that Leary would face claims of berating staff or harassment of some kind, real or imagined, all in an attempt to drum him out of office. Leary definitely has his enemies, and many of them have emailed over the past several years to try and paint a picture of a man out of control. That said, everyone deserves a fair process and what mayor's mayor chow's allies tried to pull off friday was anything but fair um mayor chow needs to remember that regardless of who put her in office her job is to serve all citizens of toronto uh not just the activists around her like brendan agnew iller until recently agnew iller was the main uh was the main component i guess of one of these uh uh groups and now he's chow's top policy advisor but okay here's the thing again once again has there not been a dedicated outcry i i don't even think this is my i could be wrong maybe it is my bias but i actually i don't think it's my bias here has there not been a large dedicated outcry about the you know significant decline in TTC service. I'm going to save my thoughts for the end of the article. I promise you it's worth the wait. <laughs> okay. I want you, you know, to... every No, every uh, time you pause, I actually think you reached the end of the article, which is why I, I assume you'll like say your piece. I want you to but, ask um... me that question exactly how you did at the end. And I'll oh. give you I'll give you the floor to do it. Because uh, I have thoughts in my head right now and I don't want to forget any of them. Okay, I understand. All right. Um, but it's just it seems silly for Brian Lilly to say, uh, Mayor Chow has to remember that she serves all the people of the city. It's like it's once again, okay, so if a bunch of people in the city are saying service on the TTC is going down, uh, is that not the guy they go to? But anyways, I, I <laughs> let's push on. Okay, so it, it continues. Two weeks ago at council, Chow pushed through Agnew Iller's policy to cap the number of Uber drivers at a time when he is her policy chief and still registered with the city as a lobbyist for Ridefare TO. Now the mayor, through her allies at City Hall, attempted and failed 
to remove the head of the TTC to please the former client of her policy chief and install Giambroni. Just for the record, Agnew Illar worked for Giambroni 20 years ago when he was a counselor. Leary remains the head of the TTC for now, but this whole thing stinks to high heaven and Chow should be deeply embarrassed. And that's the end of the article. All right, Matthew, my question to you. And so it's it's going to be how I, I keep phrasing it. And I, I keep adding the addendum that I could be wrong. I could be miss. I could be misrepresenting how big of an outcry there is towards the service reduction on the TTC. But I got the impression. I always felt like it sounded like there was a strong consensus that people were upset about the, the TTC service reduction. And Matthew, you have thoughts about this. I absolutely agree with everything that you said in terms of the service. We all know it. We can beat that drum. The service sucked and still sucks. The violence happened and is still happening. There doesn't seem to be an end in sight, although maybe it's dulled a little bit lately. I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give Olivia Chow that, even though we know now she's She's not on the TTC board, so it's not even like I'm giving her kudos. <laughs> they the kudos don't belong to her. Blind to Jamal Myers. However, and while I agree with you that Rick Fleary, Rick Leary needs to be fired, I, I absolutely agree with you. This is not the way to do it. Um, so you I, see it as like a sneak attack sort of thing. Yes, and it's and I agree with Brian Lilly when he says this stinks to high heaven, and I agree, and it's exactly what I what I was harping on. I harped on it last year. I harped on it during the the mayoral by election. This is a classic example. When I when I when I say this, I now have something I can point to that is recent. This is a elected official working for who really owns her which are the donors. That is exactly what's happening here. Of course, the unions don't want as much. I don't, I'm not a fan of Leary either. I want to see him fired, but of course they don't want Leary at the table because even though he's a complete imbecile, maybe he's a hard ass to deal with in, <laughs> in, in negotiations. We don't know. Uh, we've never had a conversation with the man. Of course they want him gone. Of course, they want a yes man installed so they can go, well, this is what the drivers want. And then the guy's only word out of his mouth is yes, <laughs> because that's his job. He's a yes man. And here's, it, here's, oh, my God. So here's the thing, Matthew. I I 100% respect where you're coming from. I agree where you're coming from. That sounds great to me. <laughs> I guess the problem is, is that I'm I'm saying that in the context of it's something in my mind that is a good thing, something that I'd want. So it's like, I know if it were someone else and the, the conversation was they have a yes man who's there to basically say no to everything. Although, isn't that how we feel like Rick Leary is? It just, it, it, it's doing something shady to accomplish your goal. I mean, look what's happening with Doug Ford. <laughs> he did something shady. Now he's got to walk it back. And 
I just don't, I don't. If you're going to fire Rick Leary, fire Rick Leary for what he's done wrong. There is a list a mile long. You don't have to add to it or embellish any of it. It's right there. But that's not, I, I, I wasn't at the board meeting. Obviously, it was a closed door in camera session as made clear. Um, oh, by the way, I have a couple of tweets from Ben Spear that I wanted to read to you. So I guess he he had a, a little bit of a impromptu interview with Jamal Myers after the meeting. And Ben Spear writes in his Twitter question, do you have full faith in Rick Leary and his ability to carry on the job? And Myers responds, I have faith in the TTC leadership and and the employees that get us through every day. And then Ben Spear writes, question, just to be clear, Rick Leary is still the CEO of the TTC. He's still on the job. There's been no change in his status. And my, oh, wait, that's the end of it. Sorry. <laughs> this is all fucked up. Sorry. Let me start at the beginning of the tweets. That was the second page. Uh, board chair Jamal T- uh, Myers just spoke to the media and says Rick Leary remains the head of the TTC and he can't discuss what happened in camera. Ben Spear says, uh, uh, in his Twitter says, Myers says, uh, we met to discuss an internal matter that is subject to solicitor-client privilege. And then Ben Spear's question was, so is Rick Leary still in charge of the DTC? Myers says, yes. Uh, ben Spear, ben Spur, I call him Spears, I don't know why. I just realized that now. Ben Spear uh, asked the question, is he on the job or has he been placed on leave? Myers says, Rick Leary is the CEO of the TTC. He is on the job. And then Ben Spear writes, Meyer said he couldn't confirm whether the board discussed Leary's employment during their three-hour meeting. Uh, And then Ben Spear's question to Jamal Myers, do you have full faith in Rick Leary and his ability to carry on the job? And that's where Meyer says, I have faith in the TTC leadership and the employees that get us through every day. And then... When Jamal Myers was asked why Leary wasn't at the board meeting today, Myers said he understands he's on vacation. Your thoughts? Okay, wait, sorry. Rick Leary was on vacation? Yes. Okay, you know what? That's sketchy as hell. Okay? You know, um... Because you I, would assume he would he would have been on vacation all this week and coming back no, to, I, or, or last week and coming back to work on Monday. And that's maybe that's why they did the board meeting to get rid of him. And it failed. I assumed he was at that board meeting. No. So I OK, that's you know, what? again, I, I still hold true that all the things I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm sure there's like a, a bigger kind of outcry wanting to remove him. He's not even at that meeting. That's that sucks. Okay. I that that's garbage. Not that listen, every person deserves the defense. And I'm not advocating for Rick Leary. I've made my feelings clear. But who's there to no, defend no, I, him? I, I agree with you. I because again, my I was under the impression the whole time that he was at that meeting. <sighs> also, as a quick aside, I feel like I say that a lot. I like to throw on my quick asides. Uh, the whole time you're saying Ben Spears, I have no idea who you're talking about. I'm just ben letting Spur. you talk. And then as soon as you corrected it to Ben Spears, I was like, 
Oh, the guy who I imagine is like, uh, he was the guy I was standing next to when we were at the uh, the day one of the mayoral signups for the by election. Yes. Uh, I like to imagine that he was very annoyed by my presence. <laughs> oh my god, I. So, let's talk about these uh, lobbyists that are now a part of Olivia Chow's team. Here's, here's my problem with that, though. Would that not be the case of every government that gets elected? Doesn't mean Did it's that... right. Doesn't mean it's right. No, it. listen, it doesn't mean it's right, but it just it seems weird and silly for Brian Lilly because it came from that article to kind of highlight it with with Olivia Chow and pretend as if it's this brand new thing with her as if John Tory wasn't operating in the exact same way. Like I would be curious to know if Brian Lilly has ever written a thing about the, the really uh, the garbage MLSE deal. That's uh that's a good point actually. And then uh, hold on. I got one more thing here from your boy. Oh, I've got plenty. I got plenty of boys. I need to know which boy. Mr. Bradford. Oh, my he, God. He quote teeted. teeted. <laughs> he quote. Listen, tweet. I know what's on your mind right now, Matthew. Listen, we just we got to get through and then we can go and enjoy all of our own, you know, so just let's let's get our mind out of the gutter <laughs> and uh, and finish the podcast. He quote tweeted the article that Brian Lilly wrote that I just read and his tweet reads, this is no way to run a railroad or a city. Everyone deserves a fair process. And what Mayor Chow's allies tried to pull off Friday was anything but fair. And I don't agree with him very often, but on this instance, I I'm sorry. I have to agree with him. Um, I'm all for firing Rick Leary. I just want to fire Lick. Uh, there I go again. I just Lick want. Reary. I just want to fire Rick Leary for what he's done wrong. Right. I mean, it's like as a as a very solid. I want to say analog. It's the same thing that I I say to you when it's like when people complain about Justin Trudeau, and I feel like a lot of it is made up bullshit. When there is a lot of genuine shit that he's done that's bad and they could point at those stuff instead of the made up stuff i agree with you and ostensibly i hate that i say this i guess i agree with um brad bradford and again but only with the added information that rick leary wasn't at that meeting because i i had been operating under the assumption that he had been at that meeting but speaking of brad bradford it does seem very interesting that he he seems to really want to position himself as kind of antagonistic towards the mayor. So, like, he's taking Josh Matlow's role. Yeah, kind of. I mean, obviously not as effective. Josh Matlow is a lot funnier against John Tory, but um, which I guess also, that's a good point. I didn't see al- it that way. Which also used to be Rob Ford's uh, role. He used to be the one antis. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, was he against uh, what? David Miller. David Miller and uh, I, I think him and Mel Lassner were more on the same side more often than not. But 
definitely against David Miller. And now that that seems to be Brad Bradford. Well, you got to remember he ran against Olivia Chow and and he's the one like one of the ones that never I hate to use the term reconcile but never made up with well with because Shelly Carroll not... can we let's let's not forget that Shelly Carroll supported Anna Bailao to the bitter end yet she's the budget chief for Olivia Chow. Well, and so here's the thing Right before the by-election, right before voting happened, I remember there's like that. There's a very particular picture I remember of Olivia Chow and Brad Bradford. It was very cordial. It was, I think, some sort of athletic event kind of thing, and a lot of people were positioning it as Brad Bradford kind of seeing, um, you know, seeing what was coming, seeing what the tea leaves were showing, and you know wanting to be cordial with who appeared to be the next mayor and she was and it's just i feel like he's lashing out because he didn't get anything yeah he's one of the counselors that didn't get anything matt lowe's received an appointment uh shell as i said before shelly carroll has um like it, it feels like that the other people who either ran themselves or supported others don't have the same hangups against Olivia Chow as Brad Bradford does. That's true. That's true. Um, <clears throat> would you consider this like Brian Lilly also called it a major NDP power play? Is that what how you would describe what 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 took place? The problem is truly, honestly, Matthew. The problem here is is that I still naively want to pretend as if party politics don't affect municipal politics. That's absolutely obviously not true. You and I both know that. Um, Party politics absolutely plays a role in city politics. Um, I guess I'll, I'll give Brian Lilly credit in that he does know the history better than I do. So it's he, like I want to disagree with him. But he's more informed than I am here, so I I can't I can't well disagree with him here because you can't you can disagree. Listen, this is the way I see it: the way you can ride the line safely. <laughs> you can agree with the facts that he stated while disagreeing with his opinion. I think or his yeah. se- or his sentiment, however, whatever word you want to use. I think it's either <laughs> it's not that I necessarily disagree. Uh, with what he's saying, I think I disagree. Maybe that it's a problem, or maybe like it's a problem. But I, I, and again, it's one of those. It's not that because everyone does it that makes it fine. But I think everyone does it, and the fact that you only criticize when it's you know the NDP and not you know conservative power players. All right. So before we go, because uh, I don't think we need the next one. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on something called open tendering, which is an approach to infrastructure procurement that allows all qualified companies to bid on a government's construction contracts, regardless of what kind of trade unions their workers have chosen to join or whether they have chosen to join them at all. Apparently, that's not a practice that's uh, done in Toronto uh, no. in the, within the municipal government. 
Uh, however, it's done in other municipalities. Um, it's, I guess it's it's basically it's the the opening up the bidding uh, for all companies instead of sole sourcing contracts. I guess to one company. Um, I guess is is the method that we're using now. And uh, do you think that that could uh, have a profound effect on our looming deficit thanks to COVID? I mean, great question. Um, I don't believe what we do is like, I don't believe it's sole sourcing. I think it's just there's a certain expectation of like, they need to be unionized. I think there's just a certain set of requirements before they can... uh, before they can apply to the city, if that makes sense. Right. And, and again, I, I could be wrong. I could be ignorant about it, but it's, I'm not excited by the idea of open tendering um, only because in that situation, it's a race to the bottom in terms of it's always in my mind, the, the race to the bottom is always compensation towards the workers is always the, the first thing that gets chopped. You know, when they're when they're trying to be as cheap as possible. So and even in this case, um, I'd also be worried about the city cheaping out on contracts because, you know, a lot of times cheap labor is sloppy labor. You know what I mean? I disagree with you. And I'll tell you why. Absolutely not. There is no disagreement (laughs) on the municipals. After this, after we stop recording, we're going to have some strong words. I feel really good about that. I think it's a good way to uh, get to a number that the city can actually afford. Uh, but it goes hand in hand with changing the language in the contracts and establishing a budget that you cannot pass and a time limit that you cannot pass or else there will be financial penalties. If that's included in the contract, I'm absolutely all for open tendering. Because as we have it now, whether sole sourced or not, or however it will, they say it want to works, because we'll say sole sourced, and then some people will come back and go, "Oh, it's not sole sourced; it's this." You know, whatever. If we want but- a better look into this, I think it'd be great if, um, and I mean, I guess this could be on me. Um, I think we should ask uh, Councillor Ainsley to come on because I, I, I feel like he's talked about um, the contracts would, at City Hall. I would love that. I would love that. See if we maybe can get- I'll. Maybe I'll try to needle him next week, see if he can come on, uh, you know, two weeks from now. Yeah, we can pre-record. That'd be fun. Um, I'll see. I'll I'll give it a shot. Yeah. So let's. So what I what I was saying was like right now, our situation is every literally nearly every construction project is either a over budget B over time or C over time and budget. And I would argue one of the purposes of, of open tendering is to cut that shit out and, and have things arrive on budget and on time because that's, that's part of the problem because we're a big city. We're all oh, Toronto's a big city. Oh, don't worry about it. Who cares? Uh, they could just use that other street. We'll just block this street off. Uh, that's fine. You know, whatever. Toronto's Toronto, and and downtown's dead after five o'clock. It's okay. We can do it. We're we're supposed to be what the the fourth largest city in North America. What the fuck are you talking about? 
why the hell can't we be treated like the fourth largest city in North America? Why can't we get stuff on budget? Why can't we get stuff on time? I just, it, it just, I'm just, I don't know. You, you take it away because I'm, I'm just <laughs> mind boggled. It just, it's like, it's like, oh, this is a good idea. Well, of course, we, we've been saying, other people have been saying it. This would be a great idea. Let's do it. What's taking so long? You know, we can make the argument that John Tory had his friends, so he wasn't interested in awarding anyone but his friends. Same with Doug Ford. Um, your thoughts. I know we disagree, but your thoughts. Here's here's what I think. I think there has to be there has to be an acceptable middle ground when I don't know if you've seen like the videos where it's like you'll see uh in China they'll build a bridge overpass in like a weekend or build a hospital in like three weeks. It's insane. And the thing is I'm not saying that we need to build that fast because I assume, you know, you build that fast. I just assume there's cut corners happening and, you know, that's sloppy. And the main reason that that won't happen in Canada is because we have unions that protect, you know, protect workers, but also want to protect, you know, kind of noise environment stuff. Um, I, I feel like, sorry, I feel like there has to be a middle ground between the super speed of no rules and the hyper slow speed of you have to work between, you know, 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. And it's like beyond those hours, it's like you can't do anything. And it's like we just we really do build so slowly. I wanted to I have a joke. It's not my joke. Um, <laughs> I think Eddie Griffin. Are you familiar with who that is? He's a comedian. I might be. So Eddie Griffin put out a, 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 com- a comedy album in 2012. Uh, he's a big uh, against Donald Trump, of course, um, which anyway, as we all should. Be. No, sorry, not 2012. Uh, it was 20, 2018. I apologize. I got my times wrong. Um, so he goes. He's telling a joke about how Trump wants to build the wall. And he's like, well, China built the Great Wall of China. And then Eddie Griffin says, here's what this orange motherfucker don't understand. There's about one trillion Chinese people. If each one of them grabs a brick and throws it, there's a wall. Done. <laughs> he's like, and, and the joking part is like, it wasn't that long. It probably took 35 seconds. So, because you brought up China, so I wanted to say that. But yeah, the the reason, listen, the reason they get things built quicker is because they have more people. Um, and honestly, I think that open tendering is a good idea. Um, but anyway, your your thoughts? Because we're gonna we're gonna close in a minute. Well, yeah. Um... Again, I, I I feel like there has to be a certain I'd be worried. My big thing is worried about a a race to the bottom. That's that's my only opposition to open tendering. And I completely agree with you. We don't want to see that either. We don't want to see uh, corners cut. Like most uh, things, there's a happy middle ground. Exactly. And that's going to do it here for the municipals um, on behalf of Phil. 
thank you guys all over the world for uh, listening to us. We appreciate it. Again, you can email us at municipalspod at yahoo.com. You can find us on Twitter or X, whatever you're calling it these days. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks to uh, blister another round of politicians. Sound good? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm here. I'm there for it. And this is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to, like, city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to, uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to uphold. Uh,